So we want to welcome to the Outback Quarterback podcast our very first guest. We've uh, we've talked amongst ourselves for about 12 or 13 episodes now and had a lot of different opinions from people that have written in and, and uh, texted us about anything they want us to talk about. But for the first time, we're actually going to talk to someone external and someone who knows a lot more about the game than us because they play it. And that is my friend Jamison Sheehan. He is punter for the University of California and he joins us. So Jamison, thanks for joining us, mate. How are you going? Curtis, thanks for having me, mate. Uh, can't believe I'm the first live guest. What an honour. What a privilege. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's nice to nice to chat again and looking forward to jumping on and um, speaking with the guys. And we've, we've spoken to a couple of guys, uh, a couple of our fans about you, and they are really curious about that Australian punter connection. You know, there's a few Aussies that have gone over and blazed the trail. Um, Severio Rocker, Ben Graham, those guys are the, the biggest names that come to mind. And now... Um, We've got you know, Michael Dixon um, doing great things for Seattle in the NFL at the moment. Is that what gave you the idea to think, you know, um, I, can, I can do this? It's been done by Australians before. I can give this a crack? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, it's always nice. I think we've got five guys or six guys in the NFL now representing Australia and, um, you know, a large contingent of the punters across the Division One are now pro-kick Australian guys. And that's really how I got into it was through um, – the program Pro Kick Australia. Now Nathan Chapman and Johnny Smith run that program, and um, just a really great pipeline to have you know ex Aussie footballers and rugby players and soccer players and anyone sort of you know down in Australia that has a good leg and has you know has grown up kicking the ball. It's a great pipeline to you know um, advance yourself and to get a degree. And that's you know that's one of the main things that they talk about is you know, set yourself up to go and get a degree. So it's not, you don't just come over here and punt a football. You also yeah. get, you know, for myself, I'm at University of California, Berkeley, getting one of the top degrees in the world. So um, yeah. that's probably the biggest thing. But, yeah, Pro Kick Australia got me into it and um, it was a pretty quick transition from footy to, to the American football. And like you say, Australians grow up kicking a ball, so there's something innate there. But it didn't just come from nowhere for you. You were a, a semi-professional footballer in the VFL, so the Victorian Football League. Um, very similar to one of our co-hosts, uh, Chris Hall. So he was drafted by Fremantle uh, back in the day, and he's had a very, very good state league career at Sanford level since then. So um, he understands the, the rigors of that. So how once you've made the decision to pursue punting and go through pro, pro kick, what does it look like? How do you translate that Australian football skill set to the NFL skill set, and uh, what does the, the program look like from there? Yeah, so like you said, we're fortunate that we grew up kicking the ball. I played Aussie football, you know, played AFL since I was seven, eight years old. So you grow up kicking, you you know, you're in the backyard kicking, having to kick to kick with your dad or your brothers. And um, yeah, it just comes naturally to us, probably more so than it does to some of the American punters and kickers. Um, a lot of them grow up wanting to throw the ball, you know, baseball and, mm. and throw the American football. So um, yeah, and then... Obviously, I was playing in the VFL for a few years, played at the Bombers, and um, and I actually had some injury troubles and decided that it, you know, probably wasn't going to be long term for me to, you know, follow the dream and try and make the AFL. So, um, and Nathan Chapman and I spoke on a phone call one Saturday in January. Um, that must be 2018 now or 2019. Um, yep. And yeah, he said, come down for a kick and see how you go. 
Um, I was already a fan of the NFL at the time. I used to watch a lot of football and uh, wasn't too much into the college scene, but loved the NFL. And when he said to come down for a kick, it was a bit of a novelty at the start and um, yeah. went down on a Sunday. And I've got like, that was one of the better parts of my game playing Aussie football was um, my leg. I was always a pretty big kick. And so I went down and kicked for Chappie and um, yeah, he said, you know, we'd love to have you in the program and all but 11 months later, I was in the US. So it's moved pretty quick. I mean, that's that's less than a year you've gone from thinking about it to, to being in the US. That's that's insane. How um how did your ability improve in your time at Pro Kick? Like, obviously, you go in with the ability to kick a football a long way, but what what things did you need to change, and how much better did you did you get in a short space of time there? Dramatically different from the first session that I went to. Um, Chappie asked me to kick, you know, what we would call a spiral or a torpedo. Um, yep. And so, you know, you just, there's a very certain technique that you have to use to do it correctly with the American football. It's a different ball shape than the Aussie football. So it's, it's a bit smaller. The sweet spot on the ball is much harder to find. So you have to be really technical. Um, mm. And when I first got there, obviously, I didn't have any of that training. Um, and I would hit the odd one that would be really nice. But just that consistency was the hard thing to find. And then over, you know, the course of three to six months working with Nathan Chapman and um, the other guys at Pro Kick, you start to hone in on what technique works for you. Um, and I really saw a pretty quick improvement over the three months. Um, and then within six months, I was getting much more consistent. But to be honest, I've still even improved since I've got over here in the, to the US and got to Cal. Um, no doubt. I feel like I'm still improving. It's, yeah, I'm still only in my third season of ever doing this. So I feel like I'm still in that you know, that stage of progression where you're still learning. Um, yeah. But starting to really hone in now and, and feel really confident in my technique. And, um, but, yeah, lucky that happened really quick. Started in January and then by the following January I was in the US and living abroad. So, And I guess it would be one thing honing your technique, getting that part of it right. But tell us about the difference when you've got um, defensive special teams and blockers running at you and, and putting you under pressure. How does that change the game? Well, I think I'm really fortunate that I played AFL, right? Like played at the VFL yeah, level true. because there's 360 degrees people coming at you from all all angles. And, you know, you've got to have that awareness and the peripheral vision. And so I think we have a leg up in that compared to some of the American punters. Um, but there's nothing that'll prepare you for five or six, you know, 150 kilo, 300 pound guys running at you. Um, making all sorts of noises, telling you that they're going to come and block that ball. So it's like a golf swing. I, t- I talk to a lot of people, and it's as technical as a golf swing. You've just got to, if you're worried about what the crowd's saying or worried about, you know, the heckler or whatever it is, mm. like you're probably going to mess it up. And you've just got to really hone into the punt technique. And that's what Nathan Chapman and Johnny, Johnny Smith teach you really well. And um, my first coach over here, Coach Ragel, he was really helpful about just like focusing on what you can do, and then um, the rest will take care of itself. But it's certainly something you had to get used to, the big guys running at you. So tell us about, uh, and you probably get asked this question all the time, but the ultimate ambition being making the NFL, right? So look, even if that doesn't happen, you've done such an incredible uh, thing, you know, changing your career, going over, living a, a life that a lot of us over here on the surface are pretty envious of, you know, living it up in California, playing football, studying a great degree, you've done amazingly. But tell us about this uh, potential to make it to the NFL and how does that journey, that pathway look for you? Yeah, it's absolutely like an ambition for um, 
the next 12 months for me. I'm heading into my senior year here at Cal, um, my third season. So um, at the end of that, you know, hope, hoping to have a really strong season this year and put my name, you know, at the top of the Pac-12 as one of the best punters in the Pac-12 um, and just have a really consistent year, um, get some really nice film, and then hopefully, you know, towards the end of this football season, starting to get a little bit of interest about um, potentially declaring for the NFL draft. And then, um, you know, over that next, over the spring time in the US, you know, from January through to March, April, just really um, working on uh, getting ready for pro day, uh, which is where NFL scouts come out and they watch you perform um, at, at Cal or at your home university. And um, you do a number of different sort of tests for them. That's where they do the 40 yard dash and the bench press mm. and um, the vertical jump and stuff. So um, just preparing for that really, but it's all for this. It's going to be, it's going to rely on this season for me. Like if I have a really good season, it'll give me a chance. And um, that's, that's the plan right now is to have a really just consistent season um, and build on year after year. Cause my first year here, it was okay. Whereas the middle of COVID, Second year, I was much better last year. And then this year, hopefully building on it again really nicely and give myself a shot. So you mentioned the physical testing, and I'm sure that's that's a part of what they look at, but predominantly it would be your on-field performance, right? So what are they looking at exactly for a punter? What are the scouts trying to see that separates you from other potential draftees? Yeah, so there's, there's a couple of metrics that they'll look for, and it's mostly to do with hang time and distance for a punter. Like, um, you want to be kicking at least 40 yards. The ideal is probably between 45 and 55 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, and you want to be hanging the ball for more than four and a half seconds in the air, just giving your, uh, what they call the gunners a chance to run down and um, get in the face of the returner um, and ideally get the returner to call for a fair catch. That's my goal and that's what the scouts will be looking for. Do they? Does this guy have the ability to hang it up there in the air but also still kick it a good distance? So... Um, you know, it's not going to be about the bench press for me or about, you know, the 40 yard dash might help, but it's not about how many reps I can do on the bench. It's going to be, you know, how consistent, how consistently can I put the ball up in the air and accurately, um, place it. So one thing I've always wondered about an, an American football locker room is as an Australian football fan you see our game where all all players are together sure they divide off into forward defense and midfield occasionally to to do their specific things but generally the the 18 22 guys they're all in there having a, a team talk or whatever whereas it's a very siloed job some of the the specific roles on an american football team so how often do you interact with um you know the the offense the defense is all special teams how do how do you guys interact Every single day, interact with everyone on the team. Um, it's it's interesting to think, but there's 110 guys on our roster. And our locker room has 110 lockers. So we're all in this massive open space. Um, and my locker's next to the quarterback's locker. So um, And then it's also next to the defensive line locker. So everyone's mingled and spread out throughout the locker room. There isn't there's no like segregation of you know specialists are there and quarterbacks are there. Um, I think Berkeley and Coach Wilcox do a really good job of um, creating a great culture within the within the program, and um, a couple of my best friends, you know, play on defense and offense. So um, a lot of our workouts are tailored for our positions. So as a, as a punter and as a specialist in the weight room, we'll be on our own doing our own lift, and um, and then we have our own time doing like what they call indie or practice over here, where we'll go punt, snap, and kick. Um, 
but in terms of the locker room and in terms of eating together and, you know, meeting together and stuff, it's all done, you know, together. So uh, we have a really tight locker room. That's one of the, the features of the, of the Cal football team is it's a really smart bunch of guys because they're going to Berkeley, but it's also a really um, a great culture. So, uh, yeah, we're intermingling all the time um, and then it just gets specific when we come to workout. When you say punt, snap and kick, it just uh, triggered a question. Do you Have you had any kick holding duties yet for the kicker? Yeah, so I am the holder. I'm the starting holder on the team and I have been for the last two years and will be again this year. How's that from a pressure perspective? Yeah, I mean, it's something that, again, comes naturally to us as Australians is catching the ball. Um, We kick and catch. You know, that's the game of AFL. So um, certainly helps that we we have good hands, I would think. A lot of the punters from Australia. um, But certainly the pressure aspect, you know, my, I don't personally notice the pressure as much. You know, I'm trying to really focus on the detail about what's going on and I have a set routine for both the holding job and the punting job. Yep. Um, but, yeah, there's this there's this element of pressure that when you're going out there, the snapper's got to, you know, every all three of us have to do the job correctly, right? The snapper has to put it in the right spot for me to be able to catch it. I've got to catch it, put it down with the laces out front, and then the kicker's got to make the kick. And the kicker can't make the kick if either of the two in front of him don't do their job. So it's sort of this process where everything's got to come together. Um, but I'm fortunate enough that our snapper and our kicker, the three of us, um, you know, we're all in our third or fourth year starting now together. So um, we've got a good cohesiveness and um, we work really well together. And, um, yeah, we're all going into our senior season. So um, it's, it's exciting to, you know, be able to share that with them and, um, it's certainly pressurized and especially when you get, you know, when you go and play in front of Oregon or um, a big crowd like that, when they've got 30, 40, 50,000 people screaming, um, yeah. it's an incredible experience. Um, and looking, and this year we've got a game at Notre Dame. So we're, oh, wow. we're heading to play the fighting Irish um, in September. So um, that'll be a packed house and that'll be awesome. Unreal. I was going to ask what's, what's been the, the craziest experience, game day experience that you've had so far? Is it, is it Oregon so far? Uh, that's probably one of the biggest away games I've played in. Um, you know, we played really well that day too. And we also had a great game against um, UW Washington. Um, mm-hmm. We had a, a walk-off kick to try and win a game from about 55 yards. Um, so I was out there holding at the time. And uh, we came up about half a yard short oh, and it was going man. through. It looked good the whole way. Um, we started to sort of celebrate a bit and then it just fell short of the crossbar. So um, that was pretty epic and it would have that would have taken the cake had that gone through. Um, but the best game for me so far is the we have a big rivalry. I don't know whether you know much about it. And it'd be something to be interesting to look at on the podcast for sure. Mm. For the boys, is, it's called The Big Game and it's where Stanford versus Cal. And it's a rivalry that goes back hundreds of years. And The, the, uh, the academic we, rivalry initially. <laughs> Right, but we play for something called the Axe, and uh, there's a storied history in it. It would take up a full podcast to look up the history of it and talk about it, but um, essentially there's a huge rivalry, you know, Bay Area teams, um, and we play for the Axe every year, and it's our big, big game, um, and they call it the big game. uh, And something to talk about if you ever do want to look at it is called the play, Um, and it's the greatest play in college football history. And it's between these two teams and um, just something, a storied rivalry. And we played there last year in front of their crowd. And 
we beat the pants off them. Um, and then our, <laughs> our fans stormed the field. So oh, that's incredible. something I'll never forget. Incredible. Uh, we'll definitely yeah. look that up. Thanks for that, Jam. So a couple of things before I let you go because we've got so many people have asked questions. They're so curious. Um, one of the things that always comes up when we mention you or any any punter who's gone to Australia is college life and what's it, what is it like as a student athlete? What's a typical day? You said at the moment you're in um, summer workouts, so perhaps a bit more flexibility and you're, you're having a break from your studies. You just graduated, by the way, so congratulations. Um, and Thank going into, into masters now. So tell us, how does that all work together? What does a day or, an, or a week look like for you? It's a full-time job, to be honest. I mean, we spend 30 to 40 hours a week at the facility alone doing football mm. activities. And then wow. um, UC Berkeley is one of the toughest academic institutions in the world. It's the number one public school in the world. And um, we're expected to, you know, maintain a really high academic standard to be eligible to play. Um, and so we like we have to go to class. And yep. so our workouts, you know, it changes each season. So in the spring, it's different from the summer and different from the fall. Like you said, right now, I just graduated from my undergraduate degree. Um, so we're in the summer. Um, and some guys take summer classes if they need to catch up on some stuff. Um, but right now, I'm finished my undergrad. I'm sort of waiting until August to start my master's of education. Um, but I'm, yeah, it's just a little bit of time off right now, but in the season, you know, it sort of looks like going to the stadium at six in the morning, doing a lift or a run. Um, then classes start at 8am. So you go to class for a couple of hours and then, um, we'll come back and there'll be, you'll sort of have the morning block where you're doing study and then you'll come back and practice or start at maybe two or three. And so you have meetings, you have a team meeting before that, then you have position group meetings, which that, that takes up about an hour and then we'll go and um, we'll do a walkthrough, which will be another 45 minutes to an hour. And then we have a practice, which goes for 20 periods, which is, there's, you know, a couple of hours worth of practice there. And then you've got either interviews or recovery or um, anything after that. So during the season, obviously the hours go through the roof. You yeah. start to be that you feel like you never leave. Um, um, but in the off season, like right now, we're probably there five, six hours a day. Um, and then have sort of the whole afternoon to ourselves. Um, some guys study, some guys work, internships, you know, the whole works. But, um, yeah, spring and the fall are pretty full on. Um, and it's you've got to juggle it. It's a full-time job. So, But you have this responsibility that you have to maintain your studies. And so, and so um, you're living on yeah. campus near the facility? I'm living off campus, but, you know, I'm five minutes from the facility. Um I'm fortunate enough to, to live close and a lot of guys try and live close to the facility, obviously, because we spend so much time there. Um, but Berkeley's not, not a massive town. You know, there's a lot of people, but, it, you know, everything's pretty close to each other. So mm. I live about a five-minute drive from campus or the facility. You know, the, the stadium is on top of the campus. So, um, yeah, I've got a little scooter that I ride around and get to the facility on and it takes me about five minutes. So, um, oh, very good. yeah, just living the college life. For sure. That sounds like it. Any of your teammates uh, from UCAL that have been drafted in the last couple of years that our listeners would know about? Yeah, we just had, uh, we've got about eight guys from this last year or seven or eight guys um, go onto a roster. So they either got drafted or they got invited to a mini camp. Yep. Um, and the two guys that got drafted, Cameron Good, um, our outside linebacker, got drafted to the Dolphins. And then Elijah Hicks, one of our uh, our defensive backs, got drafted to the Bears, the Chicago Bears. So those two guys got drafted. But then we've got, we've had a handful of other guys get opportunities um, 
just, yeah, like Trayvon Clark um, and then Josh Drayden to Washington and, you know, uh, Chase Garbers to the, our quarterback went to the Raiders. And yeah, there's been about seven or eight guys. So it's been pretty awesome to follow that journey. And there must be such a thrill seeing guys that you're in the locker room with and friends with and seeing that it's a reality, right? Like if you do the right things, you can get this pro shot. That must be an amazing thing to see. Absolutely. And the guy, I actually lived with a fellow, Jake Kerhan. Um, I used to live in a house with about five other guys and he's at Seattle. He got drafted to Seattle the year prior. Um, but I was living with him when he got drafted and, um, just incredible to see you know how much work he put in but now he's the starting offensive lineman at the seattle seahawks and he was you know blocking for russell wilson um so it's pretty epic and then you know it's just like these guys are on rosters and they go from being in the cal locker room literally to a month later you know working out against the best of the best so um it certainly makes it attainable um everyone that got that opportunity has worked super really hard and deserves it um so it shows, sort of gives you an idea of the work ethic, work ethic required. Mm. Um, but it certainly does give you hope. You know, these guys were back in the locker room all, all but six weeks ago. Yeah, unreal. All right, uh, I've got a million more questions I could ask. We'll have you on again to go through more of them. But just before we go, not a lot of people may know, or some may know, that the, the connection we have is that you used to work in the AFL umpiring department. You were a valued member of our department. Yep. Uh, and obviously me being an umpire, we, we work together closely. Uh, we miss you there, but um, I think you've made the right decision. <laughs> but I did have a text message come in from, from Sam Hay, and uh, he's wondering um, why mm-hmm. his, <laughs> why his uh, parking reimbursement from 2017 has, still hasn't been processed. So. <laughs> If you could follow that one up for him, he would really appreciate it. I think it's about 48 bucks. Yeah. So just, uh, yeah, let us know wow. how that one goes. <laughs> um, yeah, Sammy, if you're listening, mate, I'll get I'll get right onto that. Um, it's in the, <laughs> to the top of my to-do list. So, um, yeah, sorry about that, mate. It's coming. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm sure I'll be glad to hear that. Mate, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Um, the, the other boys were very grateful as well. And hopefully next time we'll have all three of us on, on chatting to you. Um, if you'd love to, we would love to have you back. We want to follow your progress. You've got fans in us and uh, I'm sure all of our listeners are now fans of yours too. So good luck, mate. Good luck during the season um, and in the rest of your workouts over the summer and um, we'll chat again soon. Thanks, Kurt. Thanks for having me on, mate. And um, I'd love to be a regular. So whenever you guys need to bring in a live guest and want to, want to chat some footy, um, some American footy, that is, um, yeah, I'd love to jump back on, whether that be in the season or in the lead up. Um, had a bloody blast and looking forward to meeting the other boys too. But um, thanks for having me on and good luck with the rest of the podcast and yeah, go Bears.